you found a message that was delivered at Living Streams Community Church in McCordsville, Indiana. We are praying the time you invest hearing God's Word encourages you in your walk with Jesus and inspires you to share Him with others. If you want to learn more about us or send us a prayer request, visit our website, livingstreamscc.org. Thank you for listening. wanted to start off a little differently uh, today because um, of the, some of the things that have been happening in our nation and uh, in our city. Uh, we woke up this morning uh, to no peace. Uh, what we read in our headlines, what we're seeing on social media is violence and, and murder, anger, destruction, unrest. Injustice, oppression, confusion. And a lot of us kind of sit back and we, we just ask, why? Why is all this going on? Why can't we just live together in peace and harmony? And there's a reason. And that reason is, is because we're, we're broken on the inside. We've got heart problems. And so what comes out of us is, is going to be broken and it's on display all over our country. And so this morning, uh, churches are being encouraged to pray for peace in our country, in our world. And we need to do that and we're going to do that uh, this morning because we need God's peace. Uh, the kind of peace that comes on the inside of us kind of peace that only we can receive through Jesus. That's why he's the only answer for what what we're seeing on our TVs and in, in our headlines. He's the only answer. He's the only one that can change someone on the inside. The government has doesn't have the answer. There's no answer in politics. They've tried a long time. They don't have the answer. So, this morning we're going to we're going to Pray for peace, and because we need God, God's peace. We also need God's love. When we receive God's love in our in our hearts, um, that changes the way that we see people. Uh, it changes the way that we treat people, and that's really the only answer. You know, here at Living Streams, we learned something a few years ago. Um, that sometimes what you're waiting for God to do for you, he wants to do through you. And I know that we should be praying for peace, but believers, is there more that we should be doing? Is this peace that we're praying for something God wants to answer through our lives instead of just bring it? Does he want to bring it through our lives. And I want to suggest to you this morning that he absolutely does. So what should we do? I'm going to suggest 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 to 12. So listen to these verses. Finally, all of you, have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humbled mind. 
Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling. But on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called that you may obtain blessing. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking lies. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. So we want to pray for peace. But we also want to seek it out. We want to pursue it. You know, I think Jesus said something about being peacemakers. He said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. We're God's children. We're to be known as peacemakers. And I don't believe you can make peace just staying home. We need to get out there. We need to reach out. And especially, I believe we need to reach out to people that don't look like us. And especially, I think we need to reach out to African Americans right now. There's been an awful injustice committed. The life of George Floyd was taken and the whole world saw it. And it was horrible. It was evil. And there should be justice for that. And there's reason to protest. There's reason to go out and shout. Because it's wrong. That wrong that we all see is, is something though that is causing us to long for something better. <laughs> Jesus said, the poor you'll always have with you. And, you know, he, he was telling us that this world isn't going to ever be perfect. Doesn't mean we don't work to serve the injustices and try to make them right. Doesn't mean we don't try to help the poor. Doesn't mean any of that. But it means there's another world coming. And, and we were made for that world. And our hearts long for that. And so we cry today about what's happening in our country. We cry. We need to seek peace and pursue it. And so let me encourage you to, to do that today. Find somebody that doesn't look like you. Reach out to them and tell them you care. Ask them to help you understand what their life looks like through their eyes. And love them because Jesus loved us first. Pastor Macwan has joined us to help us with that as well. So glad to have you, my brother, with us. So let's uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. We're going to pray for peace and a few other things. Yes. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning, and we're needy people, hurting people. There's anger. There's violence. There's unrest, confusion. All of these things flooding our land. Our world. So Lord, we pray that your peace might flood our land. Yes, Lord. And our world. Yes. We pray, Lord, that you would stop the violence. Yes, Lord. That we would see that peace that brings the lion to lay down with the lamb. Yes, Lord. 
Where people would beat their weapons into plowshares. That it would just cease like still waters. We pray you'd put out the flames of anger that are raging right now. Yes, God. We pray, God, you pour out your mercy and your justice on our land. Yes, Lord. That people would do the right thing. Yes. Give us wisdom. Yes. Lord, for this time. It's confusing. Yes, Lord. We hear many different kinds of messages. Yes. It's hard to know what to believe, Lord. We need your wisdom. Yes. We need your courage. Yes, Lord. Fears are running rampant today and we see people acting out, out of fear. Yes, Lord. Show us, Lord, how to love through all of this fear. You've not given us a spirit of fear. Yes. Yes, God. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Yes. Lord, we ask that you lift up people that are oppressed. Lift them up. Those that are under evil, being oppressed by evil. Those that are being oppressed by sin. We pray your grace would break through in their lives. We pray you would lift them up as your son or daughter. We pray, Lord, for justice. That it would roll into our land. We pray, Lord, for you to send us out. That we'd hear the call to go. Your people. We're an army. An army of peace. Yes, Lord. Yes. But as we look around, Lord, the wrong army is being sent in. (laughs) Send us out, Lord. Yes, Lord. To be people of peace. Help us. Yes, Jesus. Help us to see with eyes of compassion. Yes, Help us, Lord, to love yes, Jesus. with your hands, yes. your feet, yes, Lord. your words. Yes. Help us, Lord, to give, yes. to be generous with our time, oh, Lord, Jesus. our possessions, yes, Jesus. our lives. Oh, God. Help us to shine yes. your light. Yes, Jesus. Our world is dark today, Lord. Yes, Lord. But you are the light of the world. Yes. And darkness has not overcome it. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you for reigning. Thank you for being over everything that's going on. Yes, Lord. You've seen way worse. Yes, Lord. (laughs) Pour out your grace upon us. Yes, Lord. Lord, we thank you, God. Any time, any moment, any circumstances, we can come before you, God, to ask us help from above. Mm-hmm. Lord, we know in the world what is going, what happening in the world, especially in our country, in our state, every state, Lord. Mm-hmm. Now violence is going on. And Lord, you knows why this happened, Lord. But Lord, your word says, John 10, 9, that thieves came to destroy, 
to rob, to kill you. A thief is a Satan. He is destroying the world. He is killing the people. He is spoiling their people's mind, Lord. And that's why, Lord, Lord, we pray, God, you come and rule in man's life, Lord. Lord, we know that your word says, Jesus is a prince of peace. Until you come, cannot have peace in the world. So, Jesus, you come yes, and enter in people's life, Lord. Mm-hmm. Let they may get understanding. They may get the love of God, love of pe- God for the people. Mm-hmm. So, Lord, we pray. Lord, we pray. Let the Holy Spirit may come and flow in the heart of people, Lord. We need you today, Pentecostal Sunday, Lord. Mm-hmm. So we pray, let the Holy Spirit come and dwell among the people, Lord. Lord, you stop the violence and everything what is happening in the world, in our state, in our country. Now, Lord, the whole world is suffering because of pandemic. A lot of people are living in the fear. They don't understand the way. They don't understand what to do. But God, we thank you. Jesus is the way, Mm -hmm. truth and life. You are the hope of the world. So God, we bring whole world to you, God. Mm -hmm. Let people may keep their eyes on you. Come together and pray. Mm -hmm. Only prayer is answer, Lord. So God, please have mercy, Lord. Please have mercy, Lord. Lord Lord Jesus, as pastor prayed, Lord, government doesn't have any answer. Only you have answer, Lord. So God, please, Lord, you help help our government how to to handle this situation, Lord. Mm. Oh God, please, Lord. And help your people to come together pray. Because prayer has a power to move the mountain, Lord. Please, God, please bless all the believers and everyone, Lord Jesus. Bless the church. Bring everybody together to pray. That people may pray at their home. Come and cry before the Lord for the people, for the peace of man. Oh, God, please, Lord Jesus. Those who are suffering in, in this pandemic, those who are in the hospital because of mm-hmm. coronavirus, God, we pray you be a doctor for them. Yes, you touch them and heal them, Lord. Yes. And the, those who are died, Lord, we cannot pray for the people who are died, mm-hmm. but we pray for their relatives, Lord. Comfort them, Lord. Mm-hmm. There is a hope in Jesus. Yeah. If they did not surrender their life to you, Mm-hmm. Then, Lord, we pray, this is the time they come and surrender their life to you, Lord. Mm-hmm. So they may have hope. Yeah. Please, Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. Thank you, God. You have given right to come before you because we are your children. Thank you. And you keep door open every time, Lord. Your verses, the Lord of Jehovah never slumbers. Mm-hmm. 24-7, mm-hmm. Lord, you keep your eyes on your people, Lord. Mm-hmm. 
24-7, you, you are ready to listen the prayer of your people, Lord. So please listen our prayer, Lord. Uh, heal our country, bless our country, and bless your people. Yes, we pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. Since Easter, we have been drawing near to God through the Psalms, and it's really been a blessing to me to, to soak my heart in these wonderful words of life. And we are finishing up in a familiar psalm, maybe the most familiar psalm, Psalm 23, as we draw near to God uh, for comfort. Now, I'm, I'm sure that you are familiar with the phrase, comfort food. Um, I heard that the average American has gained five pounds during our quarantine. And I would imagine that's largely because of comfort food that we have been consuming. I think it's different for different people. We all have different tastes. Uh, some of my favorite comfort foods would be biscuits and gravy, uh, fried chicken, uh, lasagna, any kind of casserole probably, meatloaf and mashed potatoes, Spaghetti and meatballs or a sausage. Of course, there's ice cream, chicken pot pie, chocolate chip cookies, and deep dish pizza. I'm not going to keep going, but I could go on. You're way too close to your kitchen, and I want you to stay with me. Psalm 23 is the comfort food of the Psalms. But it's comfort food for your soul. Now, when we consume our comfort food, we end up on the couch you know, and we're in that euphoric state for a little while. Um, but Psalm 23, that comfort food doesn't send us to the couch. It sends us out. We can go out there and be peacemakers because of what Psalm 23 says, because of what it does in our soul. If you are a follower of Jesus and you've never soaked your heart in the comfort truths of Psalm 23, then you have missed out on life-changing, faith-walking, spirit-uplifting words. And I'm so glad you're with me this morning because you're not going to miss out. When emotional stress is high, so like now... (laughs) I mean, it's like, you know, I wrote, when emotional stress is high, emotional stress is high right now. So instead of running for the barbecue chicken wings and potato wedges, I want you to run to Psalm 23. We're going to dive in this morning. It's a lot healthier for you. And it brings a lot, a lot more comfort to your heart than all the food that we could ever eat. And it's going to help us get through this day and the days to come if the Lord tarries. So let's pray and ask God to comfort us this morning. Lord, we come before you uh, today and we're thankful that you're there. We're thankful that you care. We're thankful that you hear us, that you want us to come into your presence. We're thankful that you can uh, come and flood our world with the solution of, of the gospel and change hearts and you can use your church to make everything different. And so, Lord, we're, we're hoping for that. We're clinging to that. We're offering ourselves to that solution today. Uh, but as we look at things, as we, as we read headlines, as we see that there's violence in our streets and that there's a virus still going around, we have fear. We're afraid. And we want to be able to walk out there in, in courage and in love and be part of the solution. So, Lord, as we go through this psalm today, I believe it's part of us being able to do that. To give us the spirit of the living God filling us 
to overflowing and being able to go out and make a difference in the world. We can't do it on our own. On our own, we're weak, we're foolish, we'll sin, we'll fall down, we'll be apathetic, um, we'll say the wrong thing, we'll do the wrong thing. But by your spirit working through us, all of that changes and there's hope for every single one of us to be part of the solution. So Lord, let this psalm speak to our hearts today about the truths that are in here that we live. This is a, when we talk about Christianity being a relationship with you, this is that relationship. The truths of Psalm 23. This is what it's like to know God. So we thank you for this truth. Encourage our hearts as you've encouraged so many hearts in the past with these words. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the, these, these are wonderful words of life, these, this Psalm 23, and they elaborate some truths that believers can hold on to when you're needing comfort, when you're needing peace, when you're needing courage. What you're going to end up with at the end of this is five statements to tell yourself when you feel the stress of life kind of raise in your life, when, when you feel fear rise up in your heart, when you feel paralyzed by what's going on around you. There's five statements of truth that flow out of these verses that tell us what it's like to know the Almighty God who walks with us and talks with us and live as we live our lives in this terrifying world. We're going to learn these truths from a guy who has vast experience with God. His name is David. He's the one who wrote Psalm 23. We don't really know when he wrote it, but I believe he wrote it after he became king, after he was a grown adult, after he had been dealing with lions and bears as a shepherd, after he had taken down a giant with stones, after he defeated kings and had uh, enemies coming at him, uh, untold enemies. All of these things, I believe, fueled, inspired the words of Psalm 23. David knows what he's talking about. He's speaking from experience. He knew how to feast on the comfort food of the soul. So let's do that. The first dish uh, is going to come from this statement. God will be with me. Okay, God will be with me. Verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now we could stop right there. That's the main course of, the com- of, of this comfort food feast that we're having this morning. It's the ultimate comfort food. You could fill up on it all, all, all by itself. It communicates enough for us to win any battle with fear or worry or stress. God will be with me. David knows what he's talking about. He described God as his shepherd. So the Lord is my shepherd. Now, being a shepherd himself as a boy, he knows what he's talking about. He knew the role of taking care of sheep. So that meant, when you're a shepherd, that you took responsibility for the sheep. You watched over them, you protected them, you led them to food, you kept them safe, you stayed in their presence, you stayed where the sheep were, out in the fields. The shepherd never went away from the sheep. And so David knew all about being a shepherd. He also knew something about sheep. And calling God your shepherd means that he was identifying himself as one of God's sheep, as one that was under God's care. You know, sheep are, maybe you could describe them as childlike animals. Some would call them dumb. <laughs> I'm not calling you dumb. Don't hear that. But sheep are like childlike animals. They, they have to have someone to watch over them. They have no way to defend themselves. 
So living in dependence on someone else for their well-being. That's their life. David is placing himself under God's care. And being in God's presence meant that you could be full. You can be satisfied. When we have all of God, what else do we need? David says nothing. I have everything that I want. I have all that I want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Can you imagine that kind of life? Don't we have lots of wants? One of God's traits is omnipresence. That he's everywhere all at the same time. So that's a truth that we can, you know, hearts, our hearts can cling to that truth. But there is also something called God's manifest presence. Where he actually reveals himself to us in a special way. So omnipresence is kind of like, I know he's there because the Bible tells me so, but I don't always feel him. And manifest presence is like, I know he's there because I can sense that he's there. I'm feeling his arms around me. I can feel his spirit within me. There's a guy named Riley who took his family to church one Sunday. It was a, He was visiting a new church in... Um, his whole family went. And when they went, they had no idea that by the end of, of the service, they'd be in crisis with their four-year-old Melody. So after the service was over, Riley was kind of talking to this person and that person, sort of slowly making his way toward the door, Melody in tow. And then he, he got outside the door, and he was still talking, but Melody didn't follow him. And so the church building was empty, and they locked it up, and Riley's still out there talking. None of you know what that's like. But Riley's still out there talking, and uh, the church is all locked up, and all of a sudden he realizes that Melody isn't there. And so he gets down in the large door that is to the church, and he gets down, and he opens the mail slot, and he says, Melody, are you in there? And this frightened four-year-old little voice says, Yes, Daddy, I'm here. And so Melody came to the mail slot and she stuck her hand through the mail slot and dad held on. And she was calm until somebody showed up with the key. And that's kind of how this comfort food works. See, life comes along. It's, it, it, it's bigger than we are. It overwhelms us very easily. It's happening right now. We get overwhelmed by stress and we're afraid and we're alone. we feel alone. But we hear God's voice. We hear him reaching out to us. Through his word, uh, through another believer, uh, through, through uh, the rumble of the thunder in a spring storm, reminding us that he is there and he is big. And we reach out our hand through the mail slot of prayer. And he grabs onto us and he reminds us that he is there. And we get his touch and it changes the way we experience this life. It changes it. His presence brings comfort to our souls. Even though we can't see him, we can feel him. Do you need that kind of comfort food today? You need that today? God is calling out to you right now. He's telling you, I will be with you. God will be with you. Remember Jesus' promise to his followers in Matthew 28, 20. He said, behold, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. So until our world comes to an end, Jesus promises to be with us. He would not be able to be called the good shepherd if he left his sheep. And so his omnipresence means he's already there. 
He's already in the surgery room. He's, he's already in tomorrow. He's already there, wherever you're headed. And he's with you right now. So whatever it is you have to walk through, God is there and he will be with you. So say, say that with me. God will be with me. Say it. You didn't say it. God will be with me. He will. He will. Okay, so the next next item of comfort food is the true statement. God will lead me. God will lead me. It comes from verses 2 and 3. David is describing the ways that God is with him. Okay, so you have the satisfaction in his presence, but there's more than that. Verse 2 says, he lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. Now, I don't believe that that means that you'll be taken out of every stressful situation when when you come upon it. But I do believe that means that you're going to find rest in the middle of all the stress. I mean, just the thought that you don't have to make it through this day on your own. That you don't have to find your way in the dark should bring some comfort to your soul. Last week we talked about the what ifs of the future, you know, the what ifs that steal our sleep. They make our soul topsy turvy. They have us reach for the ice cream. All the what ifs. What if I don't get the job? What if mom and dad say no? What if a violent mob strolls down my street tonight? What if I, what if people don't like me? What if the doctor finds something wrong? What if I fail? What if I get sick? What if, what if, what if? On and on. We let that tape recording go on and on in our mind. We replay it over and over and it fuels our fears and our worries and our stress. You know, what it doesn't do is it doesn't allow you to rest. But David says, he lets me lie down. Other versions say, he makes me lie lie down. (laughs) So that's just what we need when, when we are in the middle of a stressful situation. We need to be led. We need to be led to rest. Take our hands off the wheel. Let God put his hands on the wheel. Start driving us where we need to go. When you do that, immediately you experience your circumstances differently. Immediately. Your faith overcomes your fear and your worry as you trust God to lead you through whatever it is. Have you ever seen a peaceful stream? I was thinking about that. You can barely hear a peaceful stream. It's just like a little trickle. I mean, people use that to go to sleep at night. And, you know, they have those noisemakers to put, them, put themselves to sleep. They have the, the peaceful stream noise because it, it relaxes us. It, it puts us in, into a, a place of, of rest. Those peaceful streams, they flow along at this slow pace, hardly any ripples. It's just pure serenity. Well, that's what happens when you trust God to lead you. In whatever's going on. Then verse 3 says, it begins, he renews my strength. Or some say, it restore, he restores my soul. And again, reminds us of Jesus' great promise, Matthew 11, chapters, uh, chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart. You will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light because he's leading us. He's leading us through life. It's an invitation. It's an invitation to follow him. To do life with him. Submitting to his leadership. 
There's rest there. There's green pastures. There's still waters and renewed strength, restoration for your soul, all of that. I mean, our world is falling apart at the moment. Right? Every, everywhere we look, there's violence in our streets. There's a virus in the air. There's swarms of earthquakes at Yellowstone National Park. There's swarms of bugs in the world. I saw that. There's swarms of locusts in India and Pakistan destroying crops. There's panic and fear and hunger and death and injustice. We need God to lead us right now. You know, A.W. Tozer, he said, a scared world needs a fearless church. A scared world needs a fearless church. And the only way that we're going to find the courage that he's talking about is to feast on the comfort food that God has for us. God is with me. God will lead me. And then we take note of uh, the end of verse 3. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. So that means he's going to lead me to do right things. He's going to lead me to do the right thing for my neighbor. And it's not just for me and it's not just for my neighbor. He's got something at stake too. His own reputation is at stake. We do that for his namesake. We call ourselves believers. So we have a reputation to protect and it's not our own. It's his. And he leads us to walk in paths of righteousness The way that his children act in the world says something about um, their father. And so when we're following him, he will get the honor. He will get the glory. So when we don't know what to do, when we don't know uh, where to go, when we don't know what to say, we need to trust. He leadeth me. He leadeth me. God will lead me. Say that with me. Ready? God will lead me. We said it great around here. I hope you said it good at home. Next comfort food item is the truth statement found in verse 4. God will protect me. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now David, he mentions like the three big fear mongers there. He, He mentions danger, Death and the devil. Three things. When was the last time you felt like you were in danger? Maybe, maybe it was last night. You know, when we, when we saw that. Maybe you lived close to the, to the unrest that was going on. And when I was, uh, when my kids were little, um, had, had an interesting uh, picture that the, Developed for me. We we take care of, uh, of about three acres of grass, so we cut a lot of grass, and we uh, have a ZTR mower, one of those big mowers, and it really is a blessing to help us keep that grass under control. That's a great job. Uh, so before the kids were old enough to cut the grass, I did most of the cutting, and uh, I I would love to do that. Lori gets gets to do it sometimes too, but it's it's part of the way that I rest and it's part of the way that I. Um, you know, pray and just, I can go out and mow. And so it was interesting, when I would be out mowing and the kids were little and they would come outside to play in the yard, and they would always really steer clear of the mower. You know, so, so I'm like going, you know, toward the house, they're coming out, they're playing up there, and like they're, they're looking at me. 
this monster mowing machines. And then they, they, they start to, to run away from me um, because the, the monster mowing machine is coming at them. And so they're running like one eye this way looking at and they're avoiding me. And I always thought that was really funny. Because dad was on the mower. Dad was on top of the danger. Dad, the one that would never let anything happen to them, they would never hurt them in any way, was on top of the monster mowing machine. But all they did was focus on the danger. Isn't that what we do? I mean, when there is a sense of danger in our lives, it gets all the attention. And we forget that our dad is on top of the danger. He's on top of the monster. He is king of the jungle. David says, even when he goes through valleys that are dark and he feels like he might come to harm, God protects him. So it feels like, you know, we're walking through that dark valley right now in our country. We are. Some of us may be going through a dark valley where we're close to death. We're fighting for our lives. Where is God in the dark? Where is God when death comes knocking at your door? He is right beside you. Protecting you. Jesus said in John 10, 27 to 29, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. For my Father has given them to me and he is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from the Father's hand. Jesus is the light of the world. And no darkness can overcome that light. Darkness always gets swallowed up by light. Jesus is the light of the world. You know, Jesus' grave is empty. His grave is empty. And he promises that if you believe in him, yours is going to be empty too. Even when it comes to death, our life is safe in Jesus' hands. And then we've got the devil. You know, an enemy. He is real. Um, He is active. He is in the world. He hates us. He wants to to destroy us. And we have to face him from time to time. And that can stir up a sense of fear and despair. But battling Satan has nothing to do with how strong that we are. It has more to do with how weak we are. Because when we're weak, Jesus is strong. And the Bible encourages us to come under Jesus' protection. James 4, 7 says, So humble yourselves before God. Step one. Resist the devil. Step two. He will flee from you. Step three. First step. Humble yourselves before God. Come under His protection. Ephesians 6, 10 and 11. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on all the armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. Again, we put on God's armor. We're strong in the Lord, in His mighty power. On our own, we're sitting ducks. So even when it comes to the devil and all of his empire, we can walk with Jesus and God will protect us. Comfort food, 
Can you say it? God will protect me. God will protect me. He will. He will. The next menu item of comfort food is God will uplift me. God will uplift me. So the imagery changes a little, a little bit here from God as shepherd to God as host, providing for his guests. Verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. So this really helps um, when we think about our, uh, our insecurities and conflict in our lives. When accusations are coming at us, you know, someone pointing the finger. So this really helps because all of that stuff really stirs up emotional turmoil, stress. This goes up when we don't have peace with people. Um, when we're battling the tape recorder in our mind that says, I'm not worth anything, I'm, you know, I'm no good. Our insecurities are eating, a, eating us up. All of, that is, uh, all of that is emotional stress and turmoil because of the fear of man what they think of us, what they might do to us, what they say about us. Well, David depicts God here as the host of a meal. So, get this, Yahweh, the Lord God Almighty, is giving you a dinner party. Preparing things himself. Now, that ought to say a little something about how he thinks about you, how he feels about you, how much he loves you. You are his. You belong to him. Now, it appears that your friends are not at this party. The other guests at this party are your enemies, the ones who are working against you. So uh, it doesn't have to be a person. It can be the pressure that you're feeling that's keeping you down, that you, you feel suffocated by. It could be the problem that is just in your face and you cannot figure out a solution for this problem. And it can be people, people who aren't safe, people who are pointing the finger, people who are shouting at you. But God is showing you that with him, all things are possible. He's showing you, uh, he's showing your enemies his glory as you continue to be faithful and trust in him. David says God anoints his head with oil and his cup overflows. So that means you're not just not any guest at this party. You are the guest. You're the guest of honor. God is throwing a party for you. You're the guest of honor of significance. So you're not just a servant around his table, which a lot of us wouldn't mind just being that. You're the guest of honor. God is lifting you up. And, and the feast he's prepared, this picture of bountiful feast, maybe it's, maybe it's like Thanksgiving. But definitely it's full of comfort food. <laughs> it is full of all your favorite comfort foods. Your cup overflows with God's provision. Your heart overflows by his treatment of you in front of these giants that cause you to lose sleep. Isaiah 54, verse 17. Listen to this. But in that coming day, no weapon turned against you will succeed. You will silence every voice raised up to accuse you. These benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. Their vindication will come from me. I, the Lord, have spoken. We don't need to take revenge into our own hands. We don't need to vindicate ourselves. We don't need to defend ourselves. God is on our side. God will uplift us when the accusations come, when the problems persist, when the pressure overwhelms us. We will live a life of victory in Him. When you, when you get to live that life, when you live in that uplifted place, then there's a confidence 
that comes in your heart. It's not from us, it's from God. So we have a confidence that, that we are walking in life with Him. We can walk into any room and not feel small. We can walk into any problem and know that there's someone who has an answer, who's with me. We can walk into anybody's life and not be afraid. We may not know what to say. We may not know what to do. But we know who the one who does. And he's, he's with us. He's leading us. He's protecting us. And he's uplifting us. And all that brings confidence to go do his work. And then the last piece of comfort food. True statement. God will keep me. God will keep me. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So stress is this emotionally draining thing in our lives, and it it also takes a toll on us physically when we're dealing with all of this stress. I mean, I I read, uh, I just read a headline. I don't really read articles. I just read headlines. (laughs) But it said, this is why you're all so tired. Something like that. Because, you know, it's like, Lori and I are just tired. <laughs> you know, we're just, we're just weary, you know. It's like we can't get enough sleep. And um, it's because of the emotional stress of our lives, you know, and and all that, that is going on. So it, it takes a toll on us. But here's the thing. David's words remind us that we're not getting home on our own strength. It is not up to my strength To believe another hour. It is not up to me to get home. God's going to get me home. So whatever the worry is, whatever the fear might be today, it is God who keeps us and gets us through it. Romans 8, 38 and 39. I haven't quoted, I'm going to read it. I've quoted it here a lot to you. But here's what it says. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. And then he gives some examples. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul was convinced of that. Are you are you convinced of that? That nothing can separate us from his, from his love? Nothing we can do, nothing we can see, nothing that we fear, nothing. And when you know that God has got you, that he's not going to leave you, that he's not going to abandon you, that he's got a place waiting for you in his house, all prepared for you, when you know that, Doesn't that help us face this stressful, crazy life that we're in? God will keep you. One evening in Southern California, there was three men. They were walking down Newport Beach Avenue. And they walked past this bar where this fight was going on that had had spilled into the street. So just like one of those old westerns. 
so several guys were beating up this other guy, and he was bleeding from the forehead. And the, the, these three that walked up on it, they knew they had to do something, but they weren't very intimidating. And so they just yelled out. They said, hey, you guys, cut that out. But it didn't really do any good. And then, all of a sudden, the fighting stopped. And these three guys that were beating up this other guy, they looked at these guys with fear in their eyes, and they just kind of slinked off. And so, they didn't really know why this happened until they turned around and they looked behind them. And he said, out of the bar had come the biggest man they had ever seen. He was something like 6'7", 300 pounds, 2% body fat, just a massive human being. They called him Bubba. Not to his face later on when they were talking about him. This is what he said. Bubba didn't say a word. He just stood there and flexed. You could tell he was, he was hoping that they would come after him. All of a sudden, my attitude was transformed and I said, You guys better not let us catch you around here anymore. I was a different person because I had a great big Bubba. I was ready to confront with courage. I was released from fear. And filled with boldness and confidence. I was ready to help somebody that needed helping. I was able to serve where serving was needed. Why? Because I had a great big bubba right behind me. And I was convinced I wasn't alone. I was safe. If I was convinced that I had a great big bubba 24-7, seven days a week, I would have a fundamentally different approach to life. If I knew bubba would be behind me all day long, you would not want to mess with me. But he's not. Because you can't count on Bubba. Psalm 23 tells us we can count on God. God will be with me. God will lead me. God will protect me. God will uplift me. God will keep me. I'm going to put those up on the screen here. Just put that out there for everybody to see. This is your comfort food lunch. (laughs) Let's say it together. God will be with me. God will lead me. God will protect me. God will uplift me. God will keep me. He will. He will. Let's pray. Lord, we're so thankful that you are the good shepherd. That your love for us is never ending. And we can't walk away from it, even if we try. That if we mess up, you're not going to leave us. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. And these wonderful words of life that are in Psalm 23 that many of us know by heart, pray, Lord, you would bring them to life in our hearts today. You are a great big God. Bigger than any Bubba we could think of. Who's faithful who is true. 
Lord, remind us of these truths as we live this day. Remind us of your power that we are able to do things beyond our limitations because of your Holy Spirit working within us. Lord, as we close today our time together, the world is waiting. It's waiting for the answer to these problems that are so big. Jesus, you are the answer. You say, come to me. All you are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Rest from the world. Rest from the work that we have to do to make up for our sin. You finished the work on the cross. Forgiveness flows to us from your blood, washing us white as snow, bringing peace with God. Lord, I pray for those hearing this today who don't know what life is like with you, who don't know that you're with them, that you'll lead them, that you'll protect them, uplift them and keep them, that they would realize that You want to know them. You want to walk with them. They need forgiveness to be able to step into that relationship. And it's there today. Today's the day of salvation. Turn your eyes upon Jesus today. Look to Him. Say it. I believe in you. Come into my life. Be with me. Lead me. Protect me. Uplift me and keep me. Make me new. Lord, we offer ourselves today for your work in the world. Wherever we are, we're spread out from each other right now. And it's much darker out there in the world than it seems it has been in a long time. Send us out, Lord, to shine your light, even if it's just reaching out to a neighbor to check on them, telling them, asking them, can I pray for you? Lord, send us out. Show us what to do. We're here. We're your army. We got boots on the ground. We're ready to go. We trust ourselves to you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.